Welcome to Insights for Manufacturing, the podcast that supports the UK manufacturing sector. Hosted by Jeff Beecham, the manufacturer's recruiter. Hello and welcome to Insights for Manufacturing. Today we're going to be focusing on leadership and one of the most important skills, not just for all leaders, but everybody, and that's listening. Delighted to welcome my guest today, a very good friend of mine, Jane Adsed Grant, who is a master certified coach, certified mentor coach, a listening coach, and the author of various books on leadership, including two books on listening. So welcome to Insights for Manufacturing, Jane. I'm absolutely thrilled you could join me today. Thank you, Jeff. I'm thrilled to be here with you and your listeners. Yes, absolutely. It's, uh, I, I suppose this is long overdue in, in many respects. Um, and I'll, I'll just give the audience a, a, a sort of short insight into how we know each other. And I think we've probably known each other about five years now. Maybe, yeah, about five years. And um, you kindly uh, introduced me to uh, the book co-authored by Bob Chapman, Everybody Matters, which uh, was a revelation for me and really got me thinking more about, you know, truly human leadership. And since then, we've, uh, you know, I, I've been part of your listening challenges and uh, followed the, the wonderful work that you're doing um, in coaching. So um, it's great to have you on the show. And I'd like to start off with actually a quote from your first book, Are You Listening or Just Waiting to Speak? And this was from... Uh, Stephen R. Covey, uh, who was the author of Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, absolutely love this. Most people do not listen with intent to understand. They listen with the intent to reply. My goodness, um, that was so true of me, not up to not so long ago. <laughs> it probably resonates with a lot of people. So totally. And lovely. Thank you for bringing that. I think that we live in a world where we are constantly interrupted not only by ourselves by other people and that we have this desire to conform or to feel that we have to be ready to reply and I know in leadership sometimes it can be really tough because there's a thought that as a leader we need to know everything um, and therefore that sometimes mitigates our listening well enough um, because when we truly decide to listen to another we can learn so much and have a greater impact on our leadership. Yeah, absolutely. So from a business perspective, Jane, why is listening such an important leadership skill? So thank you for the question, Jeff. It's it's a great one. I think I have a couple of things on this. One is, according to research, we spend up to 70% of our time in some sort of communication. 9% in, of our day spent in writing, 16% reading, uh, 30% speaking and 45% of our day in listening. And what was really struck me, the people that participated in this research were leaders themselves. And the senior executives would say that they would have spent 80% of their time in listening and yet would declare themselves as either average or poor listeners and certainly had done nothing to improve it. Yeah. So, so this, we've got the research to back up in the sense of why it's important, because we quite frankly, we spend a lot of our time in that way of communicating. But for me, why it's critical, Jeff, is because number one, when we listen to another, it shows how much we care. 
Number two, it when we true to listen, to, when we decide to listen to people, we are there to ignite their best thinking and in turn illuminate their potential. I think another reason for me why it's critical is that when we listen deeply, it helps leaders make better decisions and discern what action to take. I think it also mitigates any potential conflict when we're willing to listen to another with a very different perspective and we are in an increasingly polarized world of thinking. Yeah. Listening can help mitigate that and bring people together. And another couple of reasons why listening is critical for me in leadership is one, that it helps us navigate change. I think we fall into the trap of thinking as we navigate change. It's about telling people more and more information, whereas actually it's the opposite. As we as a leader are navigating a change in our organization, in our manufacturing plant, in order for that, for people to feel engaged in the process, we need to listen to them. Yeah. And finally, for me, when we decide to listen deeply, we increase our levels of engagement because people feel both heard and seen and understood. Yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you for that. And uh, it just, yeah, for me, it sort of, it opens up a whole world of opportunity that maybe isn't realized when people are just jumping into a conversation um, to say what the next thing is in their mind or to get their own point across. And yeah. uh, there are a couple of things that really resonated with me in, in what you just said. What, what, what the, the main one that stood out was the, you know, it, it mitigates against sort of conflict um, because there, there is so much conflict. Okay. There's so much conflict in the world, but certainly from a, a business perspective, there's always some sort of conflict going on and often it can be, um, you know, worked out, um, you know, so often things can escalate in a, in a business environment um, because people don't fully understand each other's perspective. And so listening can, yeah, re really, really help in that, uh, in that environment. So I know from the work that you've been doing and from reading your, your books, there are five levels of, of listening so for anybody that uh you know is unfamiliar with the with the intricacies and, and different sort of styles and methods of listening could you just share a, a, a brief description of those five levels of listening jane um so yeah so in my work i've discovered five levels of listening so far um i think and in fact i believe now there are even more but these five levels i describe to to help people recognize what level of listening am I in and where do I want to be to make a better impact in the mm. nature of interaction. So the first level of listening is listening to self. This is when we pause and take some time to really, yeah, listen to ourselves, ask some questions, what's going well, what's stopping me, what do I want to change, how do I feel? And then importantly, listen to the answers. You see, for me, Jeff, we have to get good at listening to ourselves before we can listen well to others. Yeah. Another, the next level for me is pretend listening. Now, I'm not putting this in here to encourage people to pretend. <laughs> I, I include it because it's the reality. Yeah. And if you're not, if one isn't fessing up to this themselves, you'll certainly have been on the end of someone else who's pretending to listen to you. So essentially, as you'll probably recognize, it's somebody who's doing all the right things um, in terms of listening, but they're not. Their mind is elsewhere. They're thinking about, you know, the football match or what they're going to have for dinner tonight. Um, the next level of listening is fact 
actual listening. We're listening here for the information, for the facts, and this helps us navigate and discern what's the next course of action? How might we make a decision or what more information do we need in order to move forward? The next level is empathetic listening. So we're building on the facts we've heard and now we're also listening for the feelings, the emotions, the non-verbal cues. And when we're listening with empathy, we'll let people know not only what we've heard in terms of facts, but also what we've witnessed in terms of somebody's feelings. Yeah. And the last level for me, the ultimate level, is what I call generative listening. And generative listening is a listening that ignites the mind, ignites the best thinking, and enables the individual to think well for themselves. It's about holding a, a safe space free of interruption and judgment. And it says to the person, you matter. Yeah, and thank you for sharing those uh, five levels of listening. I, I guess from, from my own experience uh not just from the the sort of listening coaching that i've experienced with you but you know from my own career and job perspective uh as a as a recruiter you know um there are different times where i have to change those styles or or the levels of listening to suit the um to suit the time so sometimes you know if you're in a time uh a time sensitive environment so for an interview you know an interview can't take six hours you've got to you know try and condense that down to you know maybe an hour or an hour and a half if it's a you know an in-depth interview i i do use the empathetic listening i do use the generative listening but also there's the factual listening as well and you know interviewing you're you're trying to establish as many facts as you can so there's got to be a mix of those different styles um so it's interesting i i, I think um yeah I, i've probably tried to avoid the uh the pretend listening for for quite a long time now um but i've certainly been on the other end of that and it, it's it's so frustrating um particularly if you're working for somebody uh who is pretending to listen but clearly they've just got something on in their mind that they're thinking about that's more important than what you're uh, maybe asking for some support with um so some some big differences there and uh thanks for thanks for explaining that so when you are coaching leaders in listening jane what 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 are the common barriers to you know an individual's progress well that's a great question jeff because i think if we don't look at what gets in the way of our listening it's hard to move forward yeah um, and i guess some of the most common barriers one are interruptions i mentioned earlier you know we we've well first of all we interrupt ourselves all of the time either with our thinking or with the pings and dings as you know just then of the notification of the phone um but what we find the one of the biggest challenges is that we get interrupted a lot by others uh, if we're working in an open plan office, quite often we get interrupted. We're busy working and our phone goes. Um, and so therefore we distract ourselves. So one of the things that prevents us listening well is, is constant interruption. Mm. And the issue with that is when, when we interrupt another, the brain experiences that interruption quite literally like an assault on the brain. And when it does that, the person with whom you're, you know, speak, the person who's speaking, speaking loses track and it takes them a while to get back on track. Yeah. 
And so not only is it almost like a violation of their thinking, it actually wastes time. So helping people, helping leaders recognize the impact when they interrupt is significant and helping them resist the urge to interrupt is what's important. Another is simply the biology of listening. So the biology of listening suggests that we will speak on average at 125 words a minute, and yet we process information, take it in and listen at 400 words a minute, which means there's a big gap between the two. Mm. And for some, they fill that gap. You know, their mind wanders, they go into pretend listening, they make up opinions, they reload ready to reply. So that's another challenge, but understanding the biology of listening to get more comfortable, and this is another challenge, um, is with silence. And so individuals find sometimes this a, a discomfort with silence. It used to be, there was some amazing work produced whereby it used to be something like 18 seconds before a doctor would interrupt his or her patient in, as they were describing their situation. Nowadays, we've learned in business and in other organizations that it is up only eight seconds before somebody will jump in to break the silence. But the way that I share this with leaders is to say that when someone is not speaking, it does not mean they're not thinking. So allow them to continue their wave of thinking until you break the silence. Another um, barrier to, to listening well is our desire to fix a solution um, or worse still a person. <laughs> um, and so what often happens is as in our listening, somebody might be, you know, listening with a view to fixing. To, and so they'll just be trying to analyze and bring up a solution. And, you know, you may be familiar with this and our listeners may be too, that sometimes when we get home from a busy day at work, us, you know, women will just want to offload onto our dear partners to share what kind of day it's been. We don't want a solution. We don't want to be fixed. We simply want to share. <laughs> our husbands in good, our partners in good intent may often just, try, oh, well, have you tried this? You know, you should be doing that. And, and actually, that's not what we want. But yeah. we are wired to solve problems. So this is why, just again, raising this as a point is to say, you know, resist the urge to fix someone or solution. What you can do more, more helpfully and with greater impact as a leader is to say, you know, I believe that you are somebody with a capacity to fix your own situation. So I'm going to listen some more to help you with some good questions. Think about this differently. See it from a different perspective and invite you to consider a different way forward. Yeah, I, I think I, I struggle not to laugh when we're uh, on on this particular topic because I know it's it's so common. You know, I've been there myself. I probably still do it occasionally. Um, my wife probably does. My son. You know, I think we're all. You know, it, it's it's easy to fall into that trap because as human beings, we want to help the other person. And we want to try and deflect their. Um, their angst or their pain or their their worry uh you want to um you know you, you want to show your support but by recommending a course faction straight away is rarely the the best route you know um, what i learned from you is uh is you know to, to ask more questions but short open questions you know um to ask them you know how how a certain thing made them feel or you know if they 
if they're saying, well, this happened and this happened, okay, well, well, what else, what else happened today that that's impacted you? What, what else has made you feel like this? And it just, it just gets that person naturally just offloading and get, getting it out of their system and out into the open. And then after that, you might have an idea of something that might be helpful, but if you're going in straight away with a, with a solution, um, yeah, it's not, it's not really helpful. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's, that's a really, a really common one. Um, so I know Jane, you're, you're inspired by the work and leadership of Bob Chapman, the CEO of Barry Waymiller. Um, Barry Waymiller, for anybody that doesn't know, is a global manufacturer of capital equipment, uh, based in the U S. So you kindly introduced me to the book Bob co-authored with Raj Singh Gardia, everybody matters. So when did you first meet Bob and how, how has his philosophy on leadership impacted your work? Mm. Well, thank you for that. So, yes, so I first met Bob in March 2017, and this was following an introduction, funnily enough, by my husband, as my husband was studying at Harvard and was listening into the case study of Barry Waymiller. Yeah. And Ed had shared a copy of my book, Are You Listening or Just Waiting to Speak?, with Bob and his uh, assistant generously called me uh, when Bob got back to the States, uh, sorry, back to his office in St. Louis um, for us to have a conversation. Yeah. Um, so listening was the catalyst. Um, but then Bob came over to Nottingham uh, in March and yeah, I met with him then. And together with his leadership team, I was really inspired by his leadership. And so I visited them in St. Louis and I attended a couple of their leadership courses run by what's now called the Chapman and Co-Leadership Institute. Yeah. And I think for me, what really resonated and what I hadn't appreciated before was that Bob and his team had provided for me a new language of the kind of coach and the kind of leadership that I was a massive proponent of mm. in my own life as a leader in my HR career, but also in, in coaching other leaders. And up until then, I had called it a coach approach to leadership. Yeah. Meeting Bob, what I realized was that actually this was a very human centered approach to leadership because my leadership was founded upon listening, listening deeply, listening to ignite the mind of another, to illuminate their potential, which really resonated, coupled with an idea of appreciating the person in front of you and the team under your stewardship. Yeah. And so... You know, what I felt very privileged was to go on this journey of, of learning more about truly human leadership and its core tenets at Barry Waymiller of empathetic listening, uh, celebration and recognition, and adopting a mindset of service, a culture and a mindset of service. And these are the key tenets of truly human leadership. But what also really refreshed me was visiting the amazing team in Nottingham, the UK here, where I witnessed firsthand, it wasn't simply the leaders leading their teams in this way. It was across the teams. And truly human leadership was amplified across all levels within the organization. Yeah. And what I mean by that is that, you know, when a team was overloaded with work or a team member was overloaded the other members came to share the load when there was somebody who um, was off sick um, the team members followed up to see how they were at home 
um, and took over their, their workload. When somebody was challenged not having the skills or something that they needed to perform their job at their best, you know, the organization would would provide the skills and the opportunity for the person to learn. Yeah. And so what it began to share with me is a step further than my own approach was to actually, which was one of Bob's kind of visions, if you like, or um, certainly his epiphany, where what if we treat those in our span of care like someone's precious child? And that's the feeling that I had when I walked around the plant in Nottingham. Yeah. It was the way that people came together to share the load when it was too much, to lift people up when they may have fallen, and to support each other so that they all could perform at their best. And so for me, this, in essence, is a culture of care. And it's as, it inspired me then, and it continues today. Hence, I love to be an ambassador for Truly Human Leadership, because it it's a it's a world changing experience. Yeah, absolutely, and and thanks for sharing that. I mean, um, I I haven't met Bob Chapman. I, I think I was part of one of your events um, a year or so ago, where where Bob Chapman was a guest. Um, and and reading reading the book, every everybody matters. As I said earlier, it was it was a revelation to me, and I I was sort of almost surprised that a business as big and successful as Barry Waymiller could, uh, you know, get that balance of being a, a, gr a continually growing business, but a profitable business whilst focusing heavily on the people. And I suppose that, you know, a lot of people in business and, I, and I've interviewed so many leaders and even had clients in the past that, you know, um, have been of an opinion that, you know, you can't always have both if you can have a profitable business something's something's going to have to give that might mean you're, you're burning through uh leaders or members of a team or your workforce you know there might be revolving doors um it's i think it's difficult um to convince certain people that truly human leadership actually works and is an actual thing anyway um because it's i think for some people it just seems so unachievable but there we have what you know uh, i think bob chapman was voted num number three uh ceo uh, globally um uh, a few years ago you know there's there's the proof that you know you can have a big successful organization that cares about its people um and I'm sure there's so much more work to be done throughout the world in terms of, um, you know, businesses uh, doing more for their people. And I know companies have to make money. You have to be profitable. Um, you know, a lot of businesses tend to focus on the customer is king and all the rest of it. And yes, customers are vitally important, but not at the expense of all your people. Your, your business is your people. Your people are your business. So I'll thank you again for for introducing me to to the book Everybody Matters and and that whole concept of of truly human leadership. Um, really really important. Going back to listening, uh, you run several listening challenges throughout the year. I've done certainly two so far. Could you tell the audience, Jane, what is a listening challenge, and what do participants gain from it? Mm, well, thank you for the invitation to share. So 
this came out um, during lockdown, actually. So I had the opportunity to devise and create something new, a new experience to reach people um, in a way that was fun, um, that was different. So um, I run, currently I run two challenges and one is, the next one I'm running in June is the 28 day listening to liberate. So this is around developing the skills of generative listening that we spoke about earlier. Yeah. For anyone um, who wants to impact the lives of others more positively, it's ideal for coaches, leaders, parents, mentors, and teachers in that they will be able to, coming on this challenge is to improve their communication, to increase, as I mentioned, the impact of lives of others, deepen their relationships, and of course, enhance their own listening skills. And so, what people gain from it, and maybe I just give you a little quote. Somebody said in one of my previous quote uh, challenges, she said, I thought I was a pretty good listener, but it was not something I did well consistently. So I wanted to learn more. The value I received from the Listening to Liberate program was much greater awareness and appreciation of the power of generative listening in liberating the mind of another. I now feel more capable at intentionally listening with empathy and curiosity without distraction I'm learning more about myself and others to deeper connections. Plus, I'm creating more trust and building stronger relationships through generative listening. So there's lots there. And the way the app works, Jeff, as you'll know, it's meant to, it's, it's fun. And um, so it's on a handheld app or indeed on your desktop. And there's a lots of different ways that you can engage in the challenge. But the key thing is we are a community. So people from all yep. over the world join in and support each other along the 28 day period where you have lots of different ways of deepening your listening skills. Yeah, it's uh, my own experience was was amazing. It was it was a total eye opener, very, very comfortable, comfortable um, experience. And I've, I've built some really, really strong friendships, some friends for life. Uh, through your listening challenge and, and meeting some of the people in your circle, um, and it's it's I found it quite easy to uh, to use. It was fun, um, but so yeah, I learned so much. I'm still learning now, but I, I, I would I would recommend anybody to uh, to do one of these challenges because it's surprising um, what you kind of know already to be the right thing and and how you could be a better listener but this is it gives you i, I suppose the um the background and, and the the way you coach and the learnings i suppose fills in the blanks and you can it's very interactive you, it's not just a you're being taught something you just have to remember um a certain passage of text it's so interactive um and that's that's what i really liked about it and I felt that everybody was sort of part of the same journey and were there to help each other. So I didn't really feel like, like a newcomer to the group or I, I, I didn't feel out of my comfort zone, really. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just such a wonderful environment. You know, people are there to help and uh, you all sort of celebrate each other's um, breakthroughs and, and wins. So, uh, yeah, I, I've really enjoyed it. Due for another one, I think. I haven't done one for uh, for a few months. 
So Jane, you've you've authored a number of books, uh, but you've authored two on listening specifically. Are you listening or just waiting to speak? Which was the first one. And then The Listening Coach, which uh, I understand this was launched about 12 months ago. I was in lockdown, Jeff. So, do you know, because time seems to go so quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So two years, almost two years ago. Crikey. So what, what have you learned about yourself throughout the writing process? So that's a great question, Jeff. So what have I learned? That for me, it takes commitment and dedication of something far bigger than me to carve out the time to produce it. I learned that I really enjoyed collaborating with others in bringing the ideas together and that kind of creativity process. I learned that I've only just touched the surface of listening because there are many angles and perspectives that we can share with others. Yeah. But for me, Jeff, um, my biggest hope in producing these two books is to provide practical ways for people to think afresh about their own quality of listening and to have some skills and principles that will deepen their listening skills to enhance their relationships and positively impact the lives of others. Because as you know, my, my vision is that I imagine a world where we listen first to, to help others step into and up to who they're meant to be. And so that was the biggest driving force for me. Yeah, thank you for that, Jane. And, and I have to say, the, the two books that I've got, um, I do refer back to them occasionally because uh, like with anything else, uh, we can all get rusty at, at, at whatever skill or uh, activity we're, uh, we're performing. Um, they're great books and I, I will, yeah, I, I will use these as a reference point. Um, yeah, probably for the rest of my career. Uh, and as long as I can see, I do need reading glasses these days, but um, I, I found them really, really helpful. Um, so uh, interested to find out if there's going to be a third listening book on, on the way, but perhaps uh, I don't know whether you've got time for that in your busy schedule at the moment. Any, any plans for a third one? Well, it's really funny you should say that because I always love to accept a challenge. And funny enough, the first <laughs> few books were written at the request of my clients. And so, you know, there are some little ideas percolating in my mind, but I'm just going to resist the urge to commit to anything at this point. <laughs> well, I'll watch that space then in that case. Um, so I, I, I see listening, and in particular, generative listening as a, as a valuable ingredient in creating a, a great company culture. Um, but listening isn't just this superpower that encourages trust and it, you know, it breaks down barriers and helps support developing teams and you know one-to-one -one relationships but it's a skill that i think you know it's a fundamental building block of a good sales process and and of course sales is relevant and important to any type of business but it you know it's sort of like the enabler of excellent customer relationships so from a from a sort of sales perspective do you see generative listening as a major component that's actually displayed in the sales side of businesses that you might sort of work with these days or, or are many sales people still, you know, like in the bad old days, just racing to, to close the deal in a, in a transactional way? Yeah. Um, well, purely from my own experience, I'm, I would say the world of it is shifting and which I'm thrilled. <laughs> um, I think that listening is becoming a key part of any sales training increasingly um, certainly factual and empathetic listening 
whether they get to generative listening, I'm 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 less sure at the moment. Mm. Although I have to say, I have the privilege of facilitating a group of business leaders, business owners, and they absolutely employ generative listening in their business. It's in the financial planning services sector. And I think for me, a good list, a good salesperson is a good listener. Uh, And yet great salespeople are great listeners. And the difference being a great listener will be helping the individual identify their core needs and figure out their own solutions. The solution, of course, being the part of what's on offer (laughs) by the supplier or the company. And for me, when the salesperson embraces generative listening, the difference being the customer does not feel sold to in the slightest Rather, they come away feeling helped to have figured out what they need and then for that need to be addressed and and provided for. What about you? What do you think? Well, I agree. I mean, it's the, you know, there's the the phrase or the terminology that I've I've sort of been akin to for quite some time, which is consultative selling, Um, you know, and it really is helping the, the customer along that journey of discovering what it is that they really need, you know, they think that they might want a certain product or service, but actually, yes, they could have that product or service, but this one is more appropriate. It might save them a bit of money. It might save them a bit of time. It's going to get them to the next stage of their business quicker, but they, they only get to find that out if the salesperson is asking them the right sort of questions lots of open questions and as you say in your um listening to liberate uh, challenges it's 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 freeing the other's mind and and sort of pulling from them what they already know inside but maybe haven't um you know put into so many words so i, I do still see a lot of your, your transactional sales type people out there and i I think probably the the recruitment industry has got a a fair few of of those type of folk uh, within it also but yeah consultative selling uh solution selling it's providing a solution for the for the customer isn't it it's it's not just a i mean there is a need for you know for example selling out of a catalog or a list of products this is what we do how many do you want there are that's appropriate in certain industries um but i think certainly in terms of um a a service industry or businesses where it's not simply the sale of a product but perhaps a a whole range of additional products and systems and maybe service as well the back end um or or the the, yeah the sort of back end the added value um products and services that can be added in as part of a package you can only really find out what's going to hit the spot for the customer by listening to them and asking them you know those great open questions to to just get them thinking um openly and, and just posing some scenarios that, that maybe they haven't considered so uh I, i'm a strong advocate for uh for generative listening in the, in the sales process absolutely um if any of my clients or future clients may be listening to this <laughs> they, they might be testing me on this at, at some point um so Tell me about the thinking environment, Jane. I, I know this is something that you're very, very passionate about. I haven't done as much sort of reading up on this as I have on listening, but I know it's something that's really big 
uh, in your life and in your business. So what is the thinking environment? Mm, well, thank you. Well, it's this work, the thinking environment is pioneered by Nancy Klein, and who's the president of the company Time to Think. And it was Nancy who taught me generative listening, what it was. I had discovered listening, of course, as part of my coach training many, many years before and many different types of listening, but it was generative listening, which is, mm. comes from the thinking environment. So in the thinking environment for your listeners is, is a way of being in the world, Jeff. It's a way of being that takes others to the edge of their thinking, to their finest independent thinking. I developed their finest independent thinking and self-expression, often leading to breakthrough ideas, new ways of behaving, new and different perspectives, new strategies, and a shift in perspectives. And a thinking environment generates an ability, if you like, to provide a framework for people to think as and for themselves with courage, with imagination, with rigor, mm. and with grace. And in my experience, being a thinking environment for my clients, either as a coach or as a facilitator and as a teacher, it is the most dignifying way to be with another human being. And as a leader, choosing to generate or create a thinking environment for team members, it is a way that um, generates their finest thinking, enhances their performance through less time. And most importantly, it's an inclusive way of leading and coaching and being with others that says to them, you matter, not only what you do, but actually who you are as a human being. So that in essence is a thinking environment. Wonderful stuff. And that's, uh, I suppose, that's a, a place where we we all should aspire to, to be. Um, I guess there will be some out there that will say, haven't got the time or we can't do this, we can't do that. Well, you know, unless you try these things, uh, you're never going to know and you're never going to open up to, you know, a world of, of possibility. So uh, I think certainly for me, sometimes it's about creating time um at, at, not at all costs because you know you've got you've got um you know you've got things that you need to you know to uh, to deliver for customers for you know for your business for your family whatever it might be um but it is an investment isn't it is it when, when you're when you're learning more about listening um and any sort of you know leadership skills it's an investment in yourself but it also in the people around you so um yeah definitely a worthwhile worthwhile thing to do um so if there are people listening to the podcast today uh who are aspiring to become a leader for the first time or maybe taking that first step into a you know a supervisory or management role in in manufacturing this is a manufacturing podcast what advice would you give to to somebody aspiring to to be a leader I would love to amplify what you said, actually, Jeff. It's about investing in themselves. Mm. So my, um, in my experience, I would encourage them uh, to develop the human skills of leadership. And by that, I mean um, taking time out to figure out your own personal vision as a leader. You know, where do you want to be? Where are you now? And what will it take to get to the vision? And why are you going there? Kind of what is it that's going to help the people in your span of care know that they're going to a better place? So, so spend time articulating your personal vision. 
I would say invest in the skills of listening. So don't become one of those statistics where senior leaders, only 2% of leaders spend time in investing in, lead, in listening skills. So don't do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, invest in listening. Um, develop ways to recognize your team members as if you're stepping into a leadership role. Make recognition a key part of your practice. Mm. I would encourage them to uh, think about their own values review their values, upgrade their values that are in service of their vision and those around them. And I would invite them to think about their own mindset, an open mindset, a learning mindset, one that's service-led. And lastly, I'd say work with a great coach and employ a fantastic mentor. That's absolutely wonderful. And uh, there are so many golden nuggets of advice there, all, all in one uh, sort of succinct paragraph. Um, coaching and mentoring. I've had I've had some other coaches and, and uh, mentors on, on the show in the past. Absolutely vital. Um, but also the, the investing your time, the rewards. Um, you know, how many times do we speak to people maybe outside of the work environment a family member or whoever it might be that doesn't feel valued in in their in their role and sometimes being rewarded for for good work uh can can really make that person feel on top of the world but other times just by listening to your employees can make a world of difference can't it so uh yeah it just just again um that that just sort of underpins the the value in in knowing how and and when to to listen um listening to my own thoughts now as we're as, as we're on here on the on the podcast I need to clean the whiteboard in my mind um so thank you for sharing that jane um just quickly what what events or courses are you running this year Thank you for asking, Jeff. So I'm running my next 28-day Listening to Liberate online challenge, the one you kindly joined and made a fabulous contribution to. That one begins on the 5th of June and registration is open anytime now. Well, it's open now. I'm hosting um, some thinking environment courses. I'm running the Time to Think coaching course at the end of this month and also in May. It's, it covers April and May. And the Thinking Partnership course is coming up in June and July. And I'm also, um, I also have my regular coaching clients and leadership facilitation. So anybody who might be interested in any of that is also happy to, to speak to. Fantastic. And, and you also, you, you regularly produce, you know, some very insightful blogs on your website uh, that focus on both leadership and listening. And I'd, I'd highly recommend anyone interested in learning more about your work to check out your website if you just remind me what what's the uh what's the the website address well given what you said i have two actually so i've got ah. um the website www.janeadsaidgrant.com that's just my name all lowercase no hyphen and that's all of my leadership and coaching work and then i also have a discrete website um which is the listeningcoach.co.uk and that hosts my challenges and my listening community and everything to do with listening. Fantastic. Well, uh, it's been a real pleasure to talk to you again today, Jane. I have to say, I'll share with the audience that uh, 
whilst we're recording this today, today's my birthday, and uh, I wanted to make sure that when you and I uh, recorded this podcast, um, it was it was at the right time, and we were struggling to get a date in the diary that was convenient for both of us, and uh, I thought, yes, who do I want to speak to? Who do I want to share some of my, my birthday time with? Um, well... There was only one person that was going to uh, trump anybody else to try and get my diary time today. So thank you for all of your coaching, all of your uh, wonderful work that you do. Um, thank you for being a great guest today. I'm sure our listeners um, will have taken away some really important nuggets that will, that will help them in their careers and lives in, in general. So that wraps up today's episode. I hope uh, the listeners have enjoyed our discussion. Thanks again to my guest, Jane Adsed Grant. Thank you for listening and look out for the next episode of Insights for Manufacturing. See you next time and bye-bye.